Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Hi. Hey. Hi. What's up? Oh, you know. Oh, you know. Oh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, well, nice to be back. Yeah. It's been two weeks. It feels longer than that. It does. It does feel longer. It feels like it's been like two months. It feels like it's... Because the last time I was here, it started snowing like crazy, remember? But now today, it's like super sunny and bright. I know. So it feels like it's been a whole season. It's true. It's true. It feels like we go from winter to summer to spring to Mm -hmm. fall, like all in in these in-between seasons here just the weather's so unstable yeah like it was like really hailing needs, yeah. earlier today and then now it's like sunny and looks like you could go to the beach yeah okay maybe not the beach not but the beach. It, yeah you could go to the beach <laughs> in your winter no jacket on the trees <laughs> so it's like really signaling to you that it's yeah. not summertime yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it was so weird yeah yeah i don't i don't even feel like we don't have any like other things to talk about other than the weather in the last two weeks oh i have something oh, to tell you okay. actually okay okay Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I know. I remember the house hippo. I do. Okay. I do. Okay. This, this isn't... Uh, Did you like see like a video and it I like triggered even, a memory? I still haven't even watched the commercial yet. Okay. It's that my friend was like, you have to remember the house. And I was like, I really just... It's and you're like, no, I have this exact It's not triggering in my mind. Becky. And you know how there's all the scenes that you were describing? Yeah. I don't know if you said this one and it didn't tr- it didn't click for me, but okay. she said it. She was like, oh, you know, it did this. And then it like walks on the toast with the peanut butter and leaves like the track, like its footprints. I didn't say that one. That that one That's clicked one. for me where I was like, oh my oh. God, yes, I remember it this. It was like on in the same era as the like, oh, the commercial. Oh, fuck. Now I can't even remember what it's called. Um, it was like some like government funded commercial about like how each kid's unique and the one kid's oh like, my God. and I can do this. Oh, oh, my God. It's like, it's like my, my thing is bugs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, Drew quotes it all the time. Yeah, and it's friends so funny. I quote it all the time My thing too. is bugs. <laughs> so, so weird. Uh, okay. Yes, you it was what? like I'm around happy. the same time. Because okay. I don't know why when she said that, the, the visual in my it head, came. I think that's what stuck with me. And then she said a bunch of other things like what you said. And I was like, I don't remember those. I remember the, the footprints and in the I peanut like, butter. I, I don't know. I know why. you had to have seen it at some point in childhood. It just, you don't remember. But I don't think uh, I don't think I knew that it was a government commercial or that yeah. it was supposed to be about it like not like, believing everything you see on TV. Yeah. Like I don't think I got that. I think I was oh, just like, oh, I did what a cute hippo. I didn't then. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I thought there was a house hippo. Yeah. It wasn't until older when I was like, oh, but that was to tell me to not believe everything I see on TV. And here I am thinking house hippos <laughs> are real. Like, oh, what a cute hippo. Yeah. Does everybody have a house hippo? <laughs> yeah. Don't just you don't have one? <laughs> obviously backfired on them. Yeah. I mean, it did. It you know. Here we are, a whole generation of people that believes everything we see on TV. <laughs> it really backfired. It's uh, probably yeah, true. It's true. Yeah. It's I true. did see a TikTok too the other day where they were like asking people from around the world like about weird things from their culture or something that like <laughs> house hippos. That's like very. And there was a girl who was like, "Did you know that like outside of Canada, nobody has a house hippo? Like it was something like that." <laughs> did you know? <laughs> oh, that poor girl needs some therapy, doesn't she? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah, she could really use some. The Canadian government fucked us up. Yeah, really... of all the governments in the world, it was yeah. the Canadian government. I mean, really, it was that bound to just... happen. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Yeah. Oh God. Oh, so so that, I mean, that's my news. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes me feel good. I still haven't watched the commercial though. I you do want to watch it. I think it's all going to come back to me now. I feel like I feel like when you do watch it, it's going to like come screaming back to you. <laughs> like, should we do it? Should we? Should you f- film me a live reaction? For the first a live yes. reaction, we'll post it on Instagram. Yes. Okay, we'll do that <laughs> after we finish recording this, but we won't post a video until this episode comes out. Okay. That's- okay. Oh, shit. I even brought my notebook. Remember how last time we were like, oh, we always do this. We're like mid-episode. We'll be like, okay, we're going to do this and we'll post it on the Instagram. But then we never do. Yeah. We never write it down. In the moment, we're like, we'll remember. And we don't. And we don't. (laughs) And I brought my notebook, the true crime notebook that we both have, Mm -hmm. and my pen. And I was like, I'm going to bring it so specifically I can take notes. So where is it? It's in my bag. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the bag over there. And we're not going to pause it and go get it. It's just not happening. No. I'll remember. We'll we'll remember. We'll remember, guys. We'll, we'll remember. <laughs> I had oh, we have two two items of business to go over before the episode. Mm-hmm. First is thanking two new patrons. Yes. Two new patrons. Yeah. So we are going to thank Elizabeth and And Ashlyn. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. So exciting. Oh, we love new patrons. You guys are awesome. Just so you guys know, every time a patron <laughs> signs up. We get like a notification on the app because we have yep. a Patreon app. Yep. And every single time within like seconds, milliseconds, 10 seconds, I would say. I think before the notification even comes up. One of us, usually Becky, yep. texts the other one and is like, did you see the new patron that signed up? Like, and it's like, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was in the middle of texting you back. Like, <laughs> like I'm already texting you about it. We get so excited. We get so excited. We get excited about everyone even our non-patrons of yeah. course and co- commenting well, like, on our instagram and messaging oh. us and stuff we or getting an email yes. we we message each other about all that stuff too yeah but just because we've been doing our promo with the yep goodie bags and everything so we've had a few new a couple new patrons and everything yeah. so we, we had a, a more yep. frequent moments of that yeah. in the last week or so where it's like we're texting each it's other like exciting. immediately yeah. we're like oh my god yay it's so fun up. it's so fun yeah. i love it so it is much very exciting yeah that's good stuff. So thanks for signing up, guys. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate we it. We love you. We love you. We're gonna bring. We're gonna keep bringing you good stuff. And we are constantly trying to think of, um, like new ways to I don't know treat our patrons. Yeah, and to do stuff for. You. And you guys are so sweet when we ask. Like I know what what can we do better? And everyone's like nothing. You're amazing. Yeah, and we're like, like oh come my God, on, you guys. guys are the nicest. <laughs> like stop being so nice. Just tell us what you actually <laughs> tell us want us really to do. What Be we're honest. Doing wrong. <laughs> and meanwhile, they're like, oh, you guys are so nice. But I really wish they'd do this. <laughs> like, just. <laughs> Tell us. Be honest. Come on. Everyone's so nice. Everyone's everyone's suspiciously nice. (laughs) I'm watching you guys. (laughs) (laughs) The next item of business. I should have told you this before we started recording, but you'll catch on immediately. I wanted to talk about ads. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make a couple of promises regarding ads to Mm -hmm. our listeners and to our patrons Mm -hmm. just up front and be like super transparent obviously we've got like some things in the works we're trying to become a little more like financially stable with the podcast so that we can do it more right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the whole goal that was the whole goal with the survey was to see where everyone was at so that way we can actually bring you guys like content that you want yeah so it's not like random things yeah power tools if you're yeah. like i don't really care about that i don't know like yeah what? It's just, we, know we, exactly. we want it to be catered to you and like to our demographic obviously yes. so that's that was promise number one that i kind of wanted to go over was like we we, we want to make a promise that we're never gonna just do an ad 
just for the sake of money, we'll only accept partnerships if it's something we both agree on and we think like our listeners will actually value. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll pass on it. We just wanted you guys to know that. Yep. The next promise, I know we talked about this. Yes. Um, we promise up front that going forward, if there's ever ads and episodes, patrons will always have ad-free content. Yes. That That's a promise. Mm-hmm. We wanted to put that out. That way, you know, up front what you're getting with Patreon. Mm-hmm. And there was something else I had to say about ads and stuff, but now I can't remember. I thought about it on the way here and I was like, I'll make sure to say it or I'll tell Haley when it's just not, it's gone. Well, it'll come yeah. to you. Yeah. If it comes to you right in the middle of the episode, just stop. It's like, ah, oh, I've got it. I didn't talk about this. <laughs> but yeah. And and, and uh, thank yeah. you to everyone who has filled out the survey. Yes. And I don't know by the time this airs. We'll I mean, I think we'll we'll we will announce on our social media when we're going to kind of like draw the deadline for that. But yeah. we haven't really decided yet just because we've sort of been keeping it open and yeah. kind of reposting it. And and yeah. we've been, every time we've reposted it, more people have filled it out, which Amazing. is great. And yeah, don't forget you've, you've been on the forefront of that. I haven't even looked. Don't forget to <laughs> DM us and let us know after you filled yeah. it out because yeah. I have. Quite a few people have, but from the responses that we have, I know everyone hasn't. And mm-hmm. I think they might just be missing the posts on and the Instagram okay. yeah. of, of like just that's okay. They just DM won't us. get their gift card, I guess. But we just want you guys to be entered into the draw to yeah. win the gift card. Yeah. So we'll probably leave it open, I think, for like a couple more weeks or a few more weeks. And then we'll do the draw. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we can still leave the survey open it's it's good for us to have people have doing statistics, it really. but it's like, just it's just something like we, we like said, data that we can have some <laughs> actual like data some actual statistics and numbers of yeah who you guys are the types of people you are the types of things you're into also like yeah. almost every single person like oh what do you do what are, what leisure activities do you like to almost every single person said knitting so like we know that's so shocking <laughs> i'm honestly we know who's filling out the survey guys <laughs> <laughs> it, it was probably just like me filling it out over and over again <laughs> Oh, I but, was just reading it. it made yeah. me so happy. It was like, oh, running, knitting. Oh, watching movies, <laughs> knitting. Exercising. That's definitely not one of my knitting buddies. S- <laughs> sleeping, knitting. Someone put sleeping, which is awesome. Someone else put drinking as one of their favorite activities. Oh, and I, I Do they mean like drinking say, water or like hardcore I, beverages? I, I'm I'm thinking this person's a party. I'm in. And whoever that was, I appreciate you. I respect you. Honestly, I'm with you. It, if you're the person that put drinking, you have to let us know immediately. <laughs> you got to be honest. I don't want random people trying to claim that as their joke we'll know yeah no we'll know i need to know who put yeah. in drinking i was impressed because we will buy you a beer that's what we'll do <laughs> yeah. that's that's you know what that's promise number three <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so anyways thanks thanks for doing that for us guys yeah. we really appreciate it yeah i think that's that's all for business stuff i think i think so yeah yeah i think so if i if i think of any more business stuff we'll stay it at the end well, like i said just shout it out in the yeah middle. whatever interrupt me okay okay all right. All it's, right. Let's get to it, guys. Let's do it. It's Haley's case today. We're doing this. It is another. Because it's Haley's case. And oh, what a night. <laughs> I don't know. I skipped like a whole line, but. <laughs> it's just like a whole condensed oh, what version. A <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, this is obviously, as you guys know, another Bleeding London whoop, episode whoop. from the series. Mm-hmm. So I was explaining to Becky before we started recording that my plan with the Bleeding London series, because there's so much content because london's fucked y'all yeah, because, <laughs> seriously. and i haven't even gotten to like i haven't even done any research on recent yeah. stuff this is all between the 50s and the Honestly. 80s so um, also you know what i think the scariest part is is that it took us 
our entire lifetimes up to this point to learn about how fucked it is. I know. I know. And I was just walking around on the street by myself. Well, I asked my parents the other day, I was like, how did you guys survive here? Yeah. Like, why how did are you, you let me dead? leave the house? <laughs> <laughs> why was I allowed to walk home alone from school? Excuse Nobody me. knew. Nobody yeah. knew. Um, <laughs> seriously. So I, I covered, obviously, I did Gerald Thomas Archer, who was the chambermaid slayer. Okay. Uh, Russell Maurice Johnson, who was the balcony strangler the yep. bedroom strangler yeah and christian mcgee who was the mad slasher yeah you had another one what was the other one did i i think there was a fourth one. Oh well then i did the lynn harper and yeah Susan truscott case okay was there another serial killer that i did no i think that might have just yeah. been it there so, probably is and people are probably listening like it was this one but i yeah well, i can't remember maybe there was I and i don't know but now we're getting if into we both forgot this is a problem <laughs> like if we both forgot an entire episode we can't we can't have we can't have it's only those ones okay <laughs> now i'm like really second guessing second guess. okay go on go on go 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 so now um because murder city and the forest city killer which is uh, another book that i know i've mentioned a few times they cover a lot of these cases that happened in that time frame and a lot of them were unsolved but there are theories about mm. certain groupings of murders that have similar mo's similar uh victimologies and things like that that there have now been michael arnfield and vanessa brown as well theorizing about some of these cases being connected so my plan is sort of to talk about some of these solved or unsolved cases um in a way that makes sense grouping them together in a way that makes uh, right. the most sense that i can out of it so yeah so that's so we're going to be focusing mostly on the victims of these cases which i wanted to do anyways yeah and it will be a lot of sort of discussion and theorizing because a lot of them like i said are still unsolved yeah but i think it's important to still bring attention to them because just because they're unsolved now doesn't mean that they can't be solved at, at, at some, some point. point you know yeah. they are very cold cases but it and, happens every day you and know a lot of our listeners are local to london yeah we have a lot of local listeners and all in southwestern ontario we have a yeah. lot so you know maybe this, you know something this is close to home for a lot of us yeah so yeah, yeah. do it that's up. that's kind of my plan so today we are talking about two cases um victoria mayo and Patricia Bovine. I'm going to say Bovine. I think it's Bovine and not Bovin. I don't know. I'm I feel like Bovine, Bovine sounds It right. sounds... Yeah. I also like... I, I also like the last name Mayo. Because yeah. I really like Mayo. <laughs> Me too. I fucking slather it on sandwiches. I love Mayo. Until, like... I still like it, but like a year, about a year ago, I was putting Mayo on a sandwich or something. And Luke said something about... He called it food lube. Oh, and when someone says something that ruins your food. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's why I think that's what my mom's always called it or my parents food have always. Lube. It's like food lube. And I was like, you can't just say it like that. And <laughs> you then can't just like, call it lube while I'm taking my first fucking bite. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if I ruined that for anybody. It you got, did. <laughs> you did. You know, you know, when I you're still eating eat something. I still eat it all the time. Oh, so I'm it didn't still going to eat it like me. straight out of the jar. <laughs> But okay, you know that thing that reminds me of that of one of my pet peeves. That necessarily is my pet peeve. Him calling it food lube. That's funny, but also like don't do that. <laughs> but like you know when you're like eating something and someone goes like, "Ew, you're gonna eat that." Has anyone ever done that to you? Has anyone ever done that to you? I'm maybe like in what in what context? Like that they're like 
disgusted because it's unhealthy or disgusted because it's like a weird combination column a column b you pick your poison no matter what the Um, scenario has someone done that to you and you're right away just like well you know what now i'm gonna eat it fucking harder (laughs) yes (laughs) it would be my attitude yes yeah Yeah. i'm sure it's happened i just can't think of an example because i because it's also just very rude yeah drew are you listening that's very rude editing this episode he's just gonna take it out (laughs) no but i've like i've just other not not just just, true but other people have done that where it'll be like oh you're gonna eat that like or it'll be like okay like i when i was growing up like i'd eat like things that like were like quote unquote weird i was the kid that would bring like moussaka to school or like cabbage (laughs) and people would be like ew what the fuck and i'd be like this is delicious this is good food (laughs) like you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. man i got bullied man <laughs> man you should talk to my mom we always joke about i don't think she got bullied because of the food that she brought to school but <laughs> but like her moving to canada when she was four or five or whatever from italy and we always joke about she would tell us about the things that her mom would make as a kid yeah and some of it's just regular italian food but some of it is weird like yeah. some of it like she, they would eat like dandelion salad and stuff yeah or that they, sounds good that sounds she said fresh. it was good she said it was good and then like it, you know like and they'd have like rabbit a lot and like just things that are not as common here and so we always <laughs> would joke that she'd like show up to school with her lunchbox with like her dandelion salad and like some sort of weird meat and then like a juice box full of red wine <laughs> honestly like, like i can totally picture that <laughs> <laughs> and her just like walking in being like the star of the class it's <laughs> like oh what a weird oh what a weird lunch <laughs> yeah like you remember in my big fat greek wedding when she brings moussaka to yes. school and they're all like what is that moose caca <laughs> yeah that was my childhood oh, Becky. <laughs> i remember like when that movie came out like my whole family watched it and we were all just like oh <laughs> we like didn't laugh at that part we were like yeah that's accurate <laughs> that's bullying <laughs> but now you like cook all these like amazing yeah. yes like, cool you've dishes. had my cabbage yes yeah, oh it's so it was it's so my good. grandma's recipe but it's fucking oh shit it's so good. now my mouth you is watering cook it again well yeah my mouth yeah. is watering yeah <laughs> yeah. it's been 18 minutes of us talking about food basically so we got to get back into Sorry, it guys. this is what happens when i hear the word mayo <laughs> we just went on a oh, tangent that's, where that's it how it started yeah you're right okay i'm so sorry mm-hmm. that's okay i'm sorry i'm not sorry to you Don't i know you're okay. me. apologize to them <laughs> they're they're like okay we get it <laughs> go move on from the food loop okay moose caca let's go, <laughs> moose caca, let's go. <laughs> so okay let's so we are in 1964 is where we are going back to. So Victoria Mayo is a 32-year-old recently divorced single mother. She lived in a lower unit of a three-story walk-up apartment at 194 Sydenham Street. Okay, I think I know where that is. Yes, it's near downtown. Um, It's like right... It's uh, parallel to Oxford. It's like one street north of Oxford. Yep. At Oxford and Richmond. You know exactly what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So, so she lived there. Um, in August of 1964, um, as many know, if you live in the area, it gets extremely hot here in August. Yeah, extremely Sweltering. hot, like and very humid. Yeah. Um, you like I've gone other places in the world where it's been just as hot as it is here in the summer, but we but get like we extreme humidity. I don't know why, but it fucks me up. It's just it's so it's so humid. It sucks. It's it mucky. Sucks. It feels That's... like you're swimming through the air and also instantly <laughs> but it's not fresh water <laughs> instant frizz like just like, instant afro 
all the time yeah. <laughs> no matter if you blow dried and straightened your hair it's like i know like you poop. you don't experience a lot of the frizz becky but like, i don't experience the frizz but i experience the sweat yes yeah there's a lot of sweat too a lot of sweat it gets, you've it's, seen it's me in the sticky. summer you've seen me in the prime of summer <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> moist yeah when when the food lube is just oozing out of me <laughs> um yes yeah, so uh, if that description wasn't good enough for you yeah. it's just really if you're not really here. turned on now like <laughs> so august 1964 it's very hot um, very, very hot. hot i'm like sweating thinking about it <laughs> many people do leave their windows open at night even now but you know back in the 1960s and when everyone didn't even know what a serial killer was they yeah. definitely left their windows open at yeah. night to get some cool air. But apparently Victoria Mayo did not do this because she felt, closed. she felt it was unsafe. So she just kind of sucked it up and, and just, damn, you know, took the heat. heat is not something I can suck up. Yeah. No. So she, she was trying her best to, you know, keep herself safe. But, um, unfortunately on the morning of August 6th, Victoria's son wandered into his mom's bedroom after realizing that she wasn't awake yet. Apparently, she would always wake up um, before him and, and, like, make breakfast before he got up. Oh, no. I don't like this. I know. It's about to get real dark, guys. Oh, I mean, shit. trigger warning. But yeah. <laughs> his mother was not moving. She wouldn't wake up when he called to her. Neighbors oh. reported hearing him crying for help. And then they called the police. He, oh I, I don't know. It doesn't say in the book how old he was. I'm I was assuming just gonna he ask. was pretty young because when the officers arrived, he was too short to reach the latch on the door oh, to like no. unlock it. So, um, Cutie. yeah. So they had to get access from the superintendent. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm picturing him being like a toddler. Yeah. And be I'm also assuming he was quite young because he obviously didn't really fully understand what had happened when he saw his mother like he knew something was wrong he was calling for help but i don't think he realized he probably wasn't like oh she's dead she, no he probably was just like she's not waking she's not up moving she looks funny you she know looks, oh no because um when the officers went in the scene was absolutely horrific oh god she was found laying on her back lying in a pool of her own blood oh no oh no she was still dressed in her nightgown and it looked like she had been attacked while she was sleeping oh and this poor little kid i know and he like didn't even oh no and he, obviously that's why i'm i'm thinking he was pretty young he clearly had no idea no. What, what was going on yeah. but it was still probably a horrific thing to see yeah especially as a kid when you just like you know don't that something's know. bad you know something's really wrong and you don't know what it is but you can't like word it properly or no, word it you at can't all process it yeah so that's really quite sad um she hadn't been sexually assaulted but she had suffered over a dozen frantic stab wounds Jesus. at the hands of the killer the entry into the apartment appeared methodical and controlled but as soon as the attack began the killer lost control and all organization that's kind of what the scene implied okay so he probably didn't come in through the front door if the latch was on no it's it's in they're thinking no okay so the wounds indicate a level of erotophonophilia. So this is Whoa. one of the, um, I think back when we started the Bleeding London series, I think I talked about a lot of the paraphilias yes. that Michael Arnfield just like defines in this book. So mm -hmm. erotophonophilia is um, basically finding sexual pleasure and gratification in the mutilation of a body mm. as opposed to sexual acts themselves. Right. Okay. So she wasn't sexually assaulted, but you gain sexual pleasure from like, I would say the, the stabbing stabs. of her. Yeah. 
We mm. should maybe one day do like a, a brief short episode going over the paraphilias and then like. Yeah, because there's a lot. There's so many. And then just tack on like an example like mm-hmm. oh, this one. You think of this person, you know, mm-hmm. like that way. It's kind of like you have that. Yeah. Almost and like there's so many like yeah. there's so many terms in there that we could use to define things as even like I said before, the types of killers where it's like the visionary oh lust God, killer. There's so many. And the hedonist so lust killer. Many. And yes, so many. So. Yes. So that is one one thing. I don't think, obviously, at this time that they were saying they were referring to it as a paraphilia or this specific paraphilia at all. But that's what the scene kind of indicated. And in the book, Michael Arnfield breaks down what we can deduce from the crime scene from knowledge we know now that the investigators at the time wouldn't really have known yeah. or been able to put together. Yeah. So the killer bounces back and forth between organized and disorganized behaviors. Interesting. He uses a knife as opposed to a gun, which apparently second only to strangulation is the most variable and discretionary of weapons used among serial killers and sexual murderers. So basically meaning that a knife can be used in so many different ways Mm -hmm. and it is more discreet than a gun because it doesn't make any noise. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes sense as to why when I think about serial killers, there are lots that use guns, but I feel like there's not a most use strangulation or a knife or some kind of like sharp object. Yeah. 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 For sure. Because I mean, like I'm trying to think about the only one I can think of is son of Sam. Yeah. I think of, I know there's there's free killers. Oh yeah. Eileen did. Yeah. Right. But she like wasn't by any means like killing for sexual pleasure. No, no. Most women don't. No. But yeah, Mm -hmm. there's more. Oh, my God. There is someone. And now I can't think of it. Well, yeah, yeah. I can't think of it. Like Son of Sam. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to your mind. Because I I remember every time I hear that case, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did shoot them. And I know, again, there's spree killers and like Mm -hmm. mass murderers. Those are different. Yeah, people will be like, oh, well, what about this person? Yeah, we're not talking about like the Phoenix shooter or anything like that. Or the Las Vegas shooter. School shootings, that's a a whole different thing. Someone like BTK who would like you go in Strangle, torture, yeah. Yeah, right? Or the Zodiac killer. He did use guns sometimes. But I think he, he was, was after, all over the place. Yeah, he was. But again, it was like, uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. But he, no, he is one of them. He used guns, I think, more often than not. I think it was he usually was, just like to disarm them, though. It wasn't to kill them, right? No, he would like shoot people in their car and stuff like at lower okay. planes. And then like there was that couple in the park. But he, no, the couple in the park, he stabbed. He, he stabbed. stabbed. Yeah. And then there was, but there was a couple other ones that he shot. He was a bit all over the place. Okay. But, but yeah, I think the, yeah. a lot of the ones that we think of, um, like Ted Bundy or like Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer or all those, like they didn't yeah. really use guns. No. And then if they did use guns, it was usually just like a control tactic to get like their yes. victim to comply and then they would proceed with other methods. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because it, as we yeah. know from even this book and talking about paraphilias, a lot of them gain sexual gratification from using an object like that, mm-hmm. either strangle, like strang- strangling someone or- yeah penetrating them with a knife yeah so that's i guess makes sense in that regard yeah Yeah. so the killer had quietly entered victoria's apartment through her window okay which had three sliding glass panels okay 
I don't, I don't know exactly what that would look like. Do they, I'm, assu- I'm picturing them sliding back onto each other. Yeah. Like the ones I'm imagining that I've seen before are like vertical, not like a horizontal one that goes like up and down. Cause like, there's like, like your window there, like that, well, that one's not sliding, but like my windows like that in my old place were like a sliding panel. It was like two of them. Okay. And it looked like that, but it just like slid up mm-hmm. and sometimes they slide like vertically. Okay. But yeah, there are ones that are like thinner and they are three. I've seen it. I've okay. Seen it. And this is like the 60s. So I don't know if it's just sort of like the bare minimum. Yeah. Kind of window setup. Some I don't think. I don't know. I don't something. even know if they like locked. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't know what they had going on back then. <laughs> but they, like I said in earlier in the episode, it, she didn't leave the window open. No. But obviously he was able to get in fairly easily and not being like without being heard so that's why i'm like maybe there wasn't even a lock on it i don't know but uh looking from her apartment out the window you get a clear view of a bunch of other houses and residences across the street and like in in the neighborhood so basically her her window that he went into was a front-facing window. Oh, so, like, people from the street could have seen him enter. Yeah, so it was a really risky move for him to do because Ooh. I know it was probably sometime in the middle of the night, but yeah. still, anyone, anyone nor- could be out. Anyone could be out. Anyone could be sitting in their living room looking out the window. Yeah. So that was noted as well, that it wasn't, like, a back window that backed onto an alleyway or yeah, something. Yeah, like, it someone was like would a, have seen something. It was something where you could look out and you can see all the houses that would have had view into her window. Yeah. So that it is a bit of a bold move. Yeah. So he made his way in. He brutally murdered Victoria, and then he made his way back out without disturbing her son or being noticed by anyone in the area. The fact that he kept his cool on either end of what seemed like a bit of an out-of-control, disorganized stabbing Mm -hmm. means that this probably wasn't his first crime of this type and probably wouldn't be his last. Uh, Scary. These are the, again, I'm not making these conclusions. These are michael arnfield making these conclusions i can't take Haley's credit for just them jumping to conclusions. i'm like and now i'm a profiler <laughs> you know what at this rate like yeah we are <laughs> i mean by the end of whatever this is i mean i hope that i yeah. have i hope we just get like a golden ticket and they're like you guys are in and now you you're son of a bitch private you're in. investigator yeah <laughs> and private investigator <laughs> so yeah so that that also makes sense to me as well because the fact if everything about it was disorganized that would yeah. feel more like is this your first time impulse or yeah. second time you know what i'm saying but he that makes sense to me where he says well the actual frenzied stabbing of it all him losing control well that could have been part of the sexual gratification of it all and that it's sort of yeah. like so exciting to him that's like usually when you lose control of yeah. yourself because oh it's just so fun like that's when they let go but then like yeah yeah the but aftermath to be able is to like, like get in recompose so yeah. and then recompose yourself says a lot yeah yes there was almost no evidence left behind no fingerprints no footprints on the wall which they they said to get out he would have had to use his like he would have had to to grab the window and use his foot right to pull himself up there was no footprint even on the wall whoa that's some abdominal strength yeah i know i'm like how oh my, i'm like yeah. trying to picture in my head so okay he just would have pulled himself he would have just, just levitated sl- sl- <laughs> there we go he's yeah. also possessed yes it's possible <laughs> that's a new conclusion i'm drawing that conclusion right now 
I think that's a good theory. And there goes I my profile job. <laughs> They're like, oh, she's out. <laughs> Just anything that can't be explained. Levitation. We're like, oh, levitation. Levitation. <laughs> <laughs> they, did, they did find something, though. They okay. found the intruder's blood <gasps> mixed in with Victoria's blood. How? They, they theorized that he might have cut himself on his own knife. Which apparently isn't it, uncommon this, no, in this no, type of not. attack, right? Because but I always especially wonder if you're how, losing control and you're frenzied, right? But I always wonder, like, how are they like, oh, that's different blood. Well, <laughs> like I, I know, I know, like an analyst comes in and there's like a process, but I always wonder how they're like. They Well, I always imagine that they didn't find that out until after testing, okay. but they would probably take a sample of her blood. Yeah. I always thought in my head, the, the question I always asked is like, do you take a sample from different spots in yeah. the, what if in the misses, pool of what blood? If you miss like, the what most if you important take spot? a sample from a spot where it's only her blood and you don't get that, exactly. but they must do something to try and ensure That's what that I wanna they're know. covering their bases. I know. I, Someone I, tell I wanna, us. I want to work in a lab. But it's obviously they did it right because they clearly they found it. What, yeah, whoever was working on this scene did a good job. Yeah. They found so something. They found the killer's blood type. They were able to identify his blood type and they had a DNA sample from this. <gasps> What's his blood type? Let's find him. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't say. Oh, fuck. It didn't say, but uh, I don't know. If you could, maybe we can find it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be super public information. Everything's public information. Okay. We'll find it. We'll fucking find it. I'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> so we gotta prove our pi skills this is our chance okay 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 well okay. we'll wait okay. till the end of okay. the case okay. though because there is a yeah, bit like, of resolution okay, pause, here. let's go yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's go right now into the streets of london so studies out of hong kong in the u.s have confirmed that the relationship of victims to their killers in a situation where the body is left at the scene without additional staging is often one of two extremes. Okay. Either an intimate partner murder or a targeted stranger. Okay. So um, that's that's just what the research shows currently, I guess. So uh, the victims are more often than not female, which we, we usually know that, um, and usually fully or partially clothed. Okay. In these types of murders, I guess. Yeah. The, the FBI the FBI has also confirmed that nearly half of offenders in these types of targeted stranger murders will go on to kill at least three other people in this way. Okay. So keep that in mind. Okay. Like uh, I mentioned before, probably not his first, probably, probably not, not his, his last. last. Yes. Yeah. Connections have also been made between disposal sites and preparatory paraphilias. So killers who attack and leave the bodies indoors often have a history of scopophilia. Sco did I say that right? Scopophilia, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, which is watching someone engage in sexual activities. Or cridoscopophilia, which is watching someone perform everyday activities like a peeping tom. Mm. Interesting. I think I might have mentioned this before because I think I had read this part in the book way back earlier as far as like peeping people who have a history of being like a peeping tom usually perform crimes indoors yeah or dispose of bodies indoors and then it says that killers who kill and dispose outdoors or m in more open areas usually have a history of exhibitionism or something similar to like yeah. that so like flashing or exposing yeah. yourself oh, i wonder if that guy that flashed me and hillary is like some kind of fucked up serial killer now. Well, it's something that I heard the peeping Tom thing a long time ago that yeah. there is a lot of serial killers that have a history of being a peeping Tom. I didn't realize it was like more 
like close to or more sorry linked to offenders who offend and kill yeah. and dispose of bodies indoors and that it's sort of like exhibitionists are more likely to do that outdoors that's why when we were talking about paul and carla yeah and he was performing all of Outta- his yeah um attacks outdoors yeah and then when he met carla yeah he became a he started peeping on her sister yeah. and they did everything he, indoors he right? did have like a, a couple of like instances in high school of people accusing him of being a peeping tom okay remember? but but that's that's yeah. what makes him kind of like a contradiction yeah because where it's just like, like so <laughs> i don't know if he had a history of exhibitionism like maybe that went under the radar but if yeah. he didn't and he had a history of being a peeping tom but he performed all of his sexual assaults outdoors that's that goes against what this research is saying, yeah. right? What they've been able to discern from studying all of these yeah. offenders. I think both and doing of them interviews just... like with Ed Kemper and things like that. Like these, this is what all of these have led to is exactly. like these patterns that they've figured out. So that would mean that Paul Bernardo would be a complete contradiction. Anomaly, yeah. Yeah. Which like, nah, it wouldn't shock me because he's fucked up. And I mean, there's people are people, right? Like everyone is different and there's always going to be, there's going to be no hard and fast rule. There's always, there's gonna always be going to be that, exceptions. There's always going to be yes. one-offs. There's always going to be smaller percentages yeah but that was interesting to find out yeah i think yeah i feel like i made that joke one time when someone was like oh i'm gonna go spy on this like not in a creepy way but like oh i'm gonna go check and see what these people are doing but like i won't tell them and i was like most serial killers started as peeping toms you know and someone like (laughs) looked at me like (laughs) with like horror (laughs) that's actually so funny just saying i love it oh i love it (laughs) Oh, you're too good. Yeah, too good. well, you're <laughs> just out you're there scaring the it's public. Like that, meme, that meme that you made when um with the guy running on the beach, and it's like, oh, here I am, just <laughs> with that guy. That's Kid Rock. I didn't know who it was. Oh. <laughs> he kind of looked like the guy from Lost to me in that Which picture. Guy from Lost. Which one? That with the long hair that plays Sawyer. Oh, I didn't really watch Lost too like religiously. I should probably get I into it. I didn't either. I think I only watched like the first two or three seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. But I just saw that. I didn't even register who it was. I just thought I knew it was exactly. someone famous, but yeah. I was just like, oh, it's just someone with long hair. Yeah. Oh, it's just a long haired person. <laughs> it's one of those long haired people we see. <laughs> Me? You, Drew? I don't know. Drew. Yeah, it was Drew. It, it was true. Definitely. Meme. That's yeah, exactly go. what Drew's beach bod looks like. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so, so okay. It just got where, really dark in here. It? It's nice. It did spooky keep going keep going it's romantic guys romantic you can't I, see it but i call no. it spooky and you're like it's so romantic that's <laughs> yeah. the same thing to it's me. the same yeah. thing yeah that's yeah that's our love language <laughs> spookiness <laughs> so the the fact that victoria's killer could have very well been watching her based on the the view access through her window and the fact that he got in and out so easily yeah makes a lot of sense in that he he could be a peeping tom who had selected her been watching her and Mm -hmm. then killed her indoors and left the body inside Hmm. um and then i i had made a note here about um the golden state killer this is a really good example of that he was known for watching his victims for a very long time even sometimes breaking into the houses beforehand and like getting a lay of the land and figuring out where everything was he did that a couple of times too yeah um but very much selecting his victims by watching them yeah same with btk yes and both performed all of these crimes indoors and yeah and all of that right so that's kind of if you're looking for an example of that that's that's a, a those are two better known ones um, so three years later, in 1967, a man named Sandor Fulip. Wow. Sandor. 
That's a name. Yes. Sander Fulip. Mm-hmm. I like that name. I'm not going to like that name in a second, am I? No, but okay. you might like that name because he's Hungarian. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Um, he he walked into a downtown division of the Toronto Metropolitan Police. He was an unemployed kind of transient figure. He used to be a dishwasher, but I guess at this time he didn't have a job. And he was, they didn't say how recently, but he had immigrated from Hungary. Mm-hmm. He stated that three years ago in London, he had stabbed a woman to death in her apartment. He said those the de- damn Hungarians. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm Hungarian. I'm allowed to say this. Just so you know, no, nobody cancel me. Oh, yeah. In case yeah. anyone didn't know, Becky's Hungarian. That's why I'm making these jokes. Uh, <laughs> it's the we don't just like really hate Hungarian people. Like. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Bringing too much of that palinka. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It makes you crazy. Have we ever told you about the time that Jade had one shot? I really hope she listens to this episode because I got to make fun of her. I hope she listens to every episode. She does. I make her. I- <laughs> but she like we were having like a fire outside and she was like oh i'm gonna have a shot because drew likes to have a shot of palanca like it's just i i i'm done with it that was like my first alcoholic <laughs> beverage i'm you've, you've you're done with the i palanca. am done with it it's it's very strong it's very strong oh i know it tastes like gasoline i've, I've tried I know, it no, I, to, for the listeners i'm telling them it's very strong oh yes yeah i know you know do you remember when i first tried it it no. was at your um, place here in London that yeah. you and Drew lived at. And maybe Drew had you try it without me. No, I, no, 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 no. Because you had mentioned it and you were like, oh, yeah, it's like it's plum brandy. Because everyone says it like that. And oh, they say it's it like plum it's sweet. Brandy. I know. Like I know. it's going to taste delightful. I know. It's and not. you gave me, I think you just gave me the bottle and you were just telling, you were like, just take a sip out of the bottle. Oh, yep, 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 and, yep, yep. And so I remember being like, oh, okay. And then, this is going to be so good. And you, you guys were both doing very well because you hadn't like, I don't know. You hadn't indicated anything. But as soon as I took the sip and the bottle was up in the air, mm. I saw your eyes dart over to Drew and kind of like, <laughs> okay, in like a this. sneaky way. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. But it was already in my mouth <laughs> at that point. And it was too late. <laughs> was too Even late. smelling it, you're drunk. <laughs> and then I just swallowed it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it's hard. It's, it's like, hard. It, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like moonshine. Yeah. It's you know, strong. Like every country has like a their beverage their their drink and yeah. it's usually some version of moonshine oh yeah my grandparents probably have it about like breakfast lunch and dinner every day is it oh is it also like in italy like it there's is, is grappa but like is do they also also claim that it's good for digestion i think so but they're yeah. like that's why we drink it oh we have it after it's dinner because it's good for digestion and i'm yeah. like oh, I, don't, I, I don't think i've heard them say it's good for digestion i think they just say it's good for you oh okay because like yeah, my yeah. grandpa will be like it's good for you and then like smack me on the back yeah. and i'm like I'm, i know it's not good for me but okay <laughs> and then we're over here like i don't He's know because like, we're not used to just having shots of moonshine after yeah. dinner and then you're like oh my god it's just for yeah. digestion because i'm, I'm not used to drinking jet fuel very like, warm and fuzzy <laughs> everywhere <laughs> yeah. yeah oh god but yeah it was like the beginning of covid jade and i and drew were outside having a fire she just got boone and drew's like okay fine yeah here have a shot she's like had it before but like i think every time she has it she forgets how strong it is and she like took a sip and like instantly threw up like it was instant really it was immediate (laughs) and we like still make fun of her like she like she couldn't even like move her head it was just like like right away so i'm sorry if you don't like barf i don't like barf but as soon as she did it i was just like oh she's dead it's it's strong stuff jade it's rough yeah 
I just we I have haven't to tried it in a very long time because I don't know that yeah. would have been however long five years oh, ago over five years ago yeah, yeah. over five yeah. years ago so i mean in my head i was like maybe i should try it again yeah. but now you told me that story and I'm no, like, you, i don't no, know you know what I, here i'll say this i'm gonna give jade credit since then she's had it again and she hasn't barfed i think it was just a bad day but we make fun of her for it no matter what okay. <laughs> i mean i would too yeah <laughs> just message her, make her. <laughs> yeah i'll just get your get her number from yeah. you and it's like hey, she won't even know who i am like hey, when i heard you, I heard you pee. After the <laughs> I, like to be fair she was probably like feeling sick already that day and i'm just here like ah fucking pussy no no i seriously am with yeah. you it's very strong it's strong but it's funny <laughs> so i don't even know where we were uh we were back to sander fulip the yes. hungarian yeah yeah he stated like i said that three years ago he stabbed a woman to death in her apartment he said the details were foggy for him but he said he knew he had done this at least once okay that's what he said. He's like, I know I know what happened, though. At least once it happened. Okay. Alarming. Yeah? I feel like, yeah, I feel like if I'm going to murder someone, like, I'm probably going to remember it. Wouldn't you remember? And also, like, wouldn't you be, like, sitting there as a police officer? You're like, at least once? So, like, it could yeah. be... It and like if more? i'm gonna go and confess like i i would be like no no it's just the once i swear to god yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't open up and be like i'm gonna start off this could have happened more than once yeah it was once or twice can't really remember could be 50 times who like, fucking knows what the hell uh, anyway <laughs> what the hell that <laughs> was so like you... innocent what the hell <laughs> how do you forget that you don't um but upon it's the palinka it makes you forget everything <laughs> this is what i'm saying maybe he's just too much palinka yeah, yes exactly exactly no heat against palinka no it's, no you know no we don't, we, we don't murder people beverage <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's so good it's too good for you yeah so uh the toronto metropolitan police called people in the london police office um and they talked with them about the few details that he could you know give to them and they kind of connected that he was probably talking about victoria mayo there must have been a few officers in the you know in the london precinct that would have worked that case yeah and been like oh that sounds like my case yeah so um and they admitted that like this guy was wasn't even on their radar like london police had, d didn't know who he was at all yeah he was a transient so i mean i'll give them that as far as like i don't think he stayed in london very long yeah not enough to like make a name there for himself and like be noticed by police yeah at least and it said it just said in the book he worked as a dishwasher i don't know if that meant in london or if that meant in toronto or meant yeah. anywhere else or if so, it meant documented or under the table because sometimes ex exactly like, exactly yeah. but yeah so they didn't they didn't know at all but the toronto police called and just said like you so we have this guy who just confessed to this murder in london does this line up they they felt like it lined up with victoria mayo um, police were unable to account for most of Sanders' movements over the last three to four years okay. from this point. And he didn't really offer any information on where he had been during his confession. But Fulip was sent to Oak Ridge Institute. Okay. The one in Penetanguishing, which yep. later Russell Maurice Johnson and Christian McGee would become oh, roommates. Shit. No, I'm just kidding. They're not roommates, but they're they're together. They're still yeah. there together. <laughs> they're buddies. <laughs> so that's that institute um, in Penetanguishing. After his confession, he was sent there. Murder charges were not filed as it was decided that Fulip was effectively insane. Hmm. The okay. terminology of the time. He, just, He's he very was, effective he at being insane. insane. <laughs> um, I'm also pretty effective at yeah. being insane. 
and they deemed that his confession was um, not reliable and therefore inadmissible. Interesting. Well, probably because they couldn't actually like pin it on him. Even though the confession was extremely accurate when compared to the crime scene. Okay, fair. So they basically were like, so you confess to this. We can line it up with this murder. It sounds pretty solid as far as the details, but we think you're insane. So now all of it's just thrown out. Hmm. That's Yeah, that feels wrong. That feels wrong to me. Yeah. But, but yeah. The way things went back then, I guess. The way the cookie crumbles, guys. The Crown tried to reinitiate prosecution, but was forced to drop the charges again due to Sander Fulop being declared mentally ill, as well as having a lack of evidence against him. So within a few months, Sander was deemed cured from Oak Ridge and then was just let go. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Not cool. Yeah. Just. Okay. Yes. Just, oh yeah, just confess to a murder and then a few months later, you're just a free person again. Yeah. I do know that there are people that confess to murders that they haven't done. I I do know that. Yep. But like, if it is that accurate and it's like pretty evident that it was him. And that he's he's not being prosecuted because he's so mentally ill. Yeah. then, then, Then normally we don't let those people out. Yeah, that seems weird to me. Yeah. That seems weird. Very suspicious. Very suspicious. So that, yeah, that. (laughs) That happened. That happened. (laughs) So like I said, Victoria Mayo was 1964 and this was 1967. So Mm -hmm. we will jump ahead to 1969. Okay. Patricia Bovine was a 22-year-old single mother. Okay. Just like Victoria Mayo was. Very similar, yeah. yeah. She was recently separated and on social assistance. She lived on the second story of a duplex in a one-bedroom apartment on King Street with her two young sons, oh, Clifford I, and Hey, Kevin. I know somebody that used to live on King Street. I used to live on King Street. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so many it's of so weird these hearing, yeah. crimes in the book occurred on King Street and also the police station at the time was on King on, Street. Yeah. So it's Is just it? like... Oh, it backs onto it. It backs it, onto it. It was on... At the time, it was down um like uh, during this time it was on king street kind of when you go all the way past like budweiser gardens towards like the health unit you know what i'm talking about like it was it was there closer to the courthouse yeah 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 Yeah. okay yes that's exactly where it was and then and now it's on technically it's on dundas right on to king yes yeah yeah it's like that whole block yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah but there's yeah there's always a lot of like people who lived on king street in like these books and stuff that i read that uh, probably a good thing wasn't... you moved i know i know we won't give out your current address especially since like i we were on the 14th floor which isn't too high for some people apparently well, what's his face christian mcgee no he's not russell the johnson russell. yeah i get them confused i know he could have climbed too. right up there no problem that's what i'm saying and we used to leave our balcony door open because wide just, open because we're Begging hot sleepers <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we're not as strong as victoria mayo <laughs> no we we had to leave the window open. Yeah. Man, sometimes you do everything right and it still happens. That's why we can't blame vip- victims. Like, shit. Nope. See? Fuck. And you can't say that because I got hot at night on my window. I'm asking for it. Yeah. But, you know, there are people out there that love blaming people. I know. Them. We know those yeah. people. You know, fired up we again. We don't like those people. We don't like those people. We don't like that. <laughs> so, Patricia Bovine lived on King Street with her two young sons, Clifford and Kevin. 
Okay. The apartment was close to the Western Fairgrounds. Okay. So yep. it was kind of more towards that end of King Street and was only accessible through the common ground floor front door. Okay. So it was one of those duplexes where it's like you go in the front door, it's like a little common foyer kind yeah. of thing. And, and then, then you go door, yeah. this side stairs door and or, then up yeah. the stairs to that one. On the evening of April 22nd, 1969, Patricia was home with her two sons. The next day, April 23rd, a male friend of Patricia's had been trying to call her. He had called a few times, I guess, with no answer. So he decided to just go over and check on her. Okay. So that afternoon, he entered her apartment, which was unlocked, to find her two children sitting on the floor next to their dead mother, soiled and crying. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Yeah. Which is such a heartbreaking image. Oh, my God. Image. No. He said she was... That um, feels like, like Dexter's upbringing. Right? Oh. yes yeah it's exactly what it feels like oh no it's very sad so um, sad not that these kids turned out like dexter but it just oh, like the no, scene but alone it's traumatizing for yeah. sure even if you're too young to remember it like you're you're it's still subconscious you buries so that in there much. and it, yeah. it, it plays a role yeah patricia was lying on her back on the floor and had been stabbed over a dozen times by oh. someone appearing to be in a out of control state like Victoria Mayo, the stab wounds were many and erratic, and there were none on the face or throat, which is apparently extremely rare for erotophonophilic offenders, huh. I guess. Interesting. Yeah. What, yeah, I found that interesting, too. Um, but, yes, apparently that's that's rare to avoid the face and neck. Yeah. So, I guess when you think of, like, Christian McGee... I think there was a there was like slashes on the on the neck sometimes. Yeah, I and, also too and like Gerald uh, Thomas Archer. I think too did that. I think he yeah. slashed their neck. Not to put myself like too deep into the mind of someone who's killing someone, but I feel like for simplicity's sake, it would be like easiest to hold down their like neck or face and then y yeah, and maybe that's gesture, why, and maybe that's why, but. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I also I don't, don't want to think too deep about me having I know, I'm to do like, that I'm and like the logistics. I'm like, okay, so is there some sort of different gratification for like, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I don't know. But apparently that is rare. So, but they were both, their neck and face did not have any wounds. Hmm. So it kind of points to a bit of a behavioral link between yeah. Victoria Mayo's offender yeah, 100%. and Patricia Bovine's murder. Yeah. So there were also no signs of defensive wounds, leading investigators to believe that, like Victoria, Patricia was attacked while asleep. Yeah. This also implies a similar type of entry in both cases, as the intruder was able to enter quietly enough to not wake the target or their children okay. and to not alert or be seen by any neighbors. So yeah. like we said, someone very controlled maybe who knew the area or had or watched watching. long enough yeah 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 a neighbor found a bloodied pillowcase in the front garden a few hours before patricia's friend had discovered the body um so i guess i mean i don't know what i would do if i found a bloodied pillowcase but if I, you didn't know that someone had been murdered you would be like oh i don't this is weird ew, i don't know gross. what to do with this and just like, leave it like, yeah so, i always think about that cause, like i was actually thinking about that on my drive here um Oh, what did I see? I can't remember. I saw something weird, like on the side of the road. And then I was like, at what point does someone call? Like what, how weird does something need to be that you actually call the police? Oh, we talked about this. We talked about you this with Russell about Maurice this Johnson. Yeah. With, I think it was Luella George's murder. And then someone found her underwear in a garbage can. Yeah. Like four blocks away. 
Yeah. And we were like, who just picks up yeah. a random person's underwear that's in a garbage and can then calls the police about and then it. it's like oh i found this underwear <laughs> like yeah well, i don't know what i mean because like, obviously good thing they did in that well, case good but, thing but this but, is what we we had talked about where it's like if i find a right. shoe somewhere on the street do i call the police but like i found a shoe oh that was it that's what I it saw was a boot. Yeah. i saw a boot on the highway but then there was like what looked like fur or hair on like the road you'd obviously assume it's like a raccoon or something yeah but like the the one boot off to the side i was like well that's weird and then it's just like but when do you call the police like what is it that like is in your head that you're like yeah i'm gonna call mm-hmm. and Can then someone like answer this question does someone yeah. know a police officer or something or, it's like when are we annoying you and when are we doing our civ- like civic civil duty yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also to like i i just what if they're like oh this is useless you just pissed me off and yeah. i just wasted my time and their time yeah or I don't know. has anyone ever called any like evidence in and it been like useful to a case no matter where you live i want to know oh my gosh yeah if any of our that. listeners have like ever been like oh yeah i found a shirt or whatever and it happened to be someone you know i want to know this yeah yeah i yeah so the it, yes the, very good questions because i i I know have the same question because every time it's like whenever we talk about a case and they're like and someone found this and it's like but what was it about that random item that seems like meaningless Mm -hmm. made them call in even like well a bloodied pillowcase would would probably be one of those things where it's like at least you're like it has blood all over it but i think about myself and i'm still like i don't know if i would call i might just be like oh someone had a nosebleed and someone got their period or something yeah something <laughs> like and then use their pillowcase and just toss it out the window yeah <laughs> i well, don't like, know or i'm not very much that person that's like it's not my business it's not my business there's like 45 <laughs> dead people inside that home you're like not my business <laughs> but oh, shit. well we'll hear about things like and they found a hairbrush and it was like but i would never i see hairbrushes all the time on the ground i would never call the police yeah, i'm like, like oh well gonna comb my hair with this one like yeah, no th- i don't this touch could... those things yeah <laughs> i avoid them <laughs> so anyways yes, the neighbor found the neighbor found the pillowcase um but then later a few hours later her friend discovered her so that was obviously linked together um a large sliding window leading into the, the, the living room where patricia slept um because it was a one bedroom mm-hmm. and her two boys slept the in the room. bedroom so she slept on the couch um oh, what a good mom i know i know <laughs> that like that detail was like oh that like made my heart she's just doing her fucking her. best i know like, come the I fuck know. on so oh. the sliding window leading into the living room was found unlocked so it's i guess reasonable to assume that the intruder entered through the window and then left out the front door leaving it unlocked behind him and tossing the bloody pillowcase in the front garden on his way out um kind of sloppy if you yeah, ask me it sounds sloppy to me to yeah. be honest um but th- noting that her friend had found the door unlocked that's kind of the the narrative that they pieced together mm-hmm. patricia like victoria was not sexually assaulted and was not moved from where the murder took place she was also found fully clothed in her nightgown nothing was stolen and the children weren't physically harmed by the intruder Thank nor God. was victoria's yeah. son the police originally thought this is really this is so sad the police originally thought that a struggle had occurred in the apartment because when they came it was in such disarray but um neighbors reported hearing no noise at all aside from like the toilet being flushed sometime around midnight like there was no like they didn't hear a struggle they didn't hear a fight or anything what really happened was that patricia's son's head 
just obviously discovered their mom um and and again i think being quite young maybe didn't realize what was going on yeah and they had moved chairs and furniture around and stacked things to try and climb up to reach like the food in the cupboards oh fuck because they were hungry and oh my god yeah and so oh and like i said when her friend came in they were like soiled like they, that's why i'm saying i think they were young like i think they had they like maybe at yeah. least one of them was still in diapers because they yeah. had been changed and they were trying to reach the food yeah and like if they're if even if they're like i don't even know i don't know kids ages but like let's say they're like five and they're like not in diapers and stuff like after a while you would start to get like so scared that your mom's just like not moving yeah and yeah. like yeah oh my god i really hope they grew up okay i know so Fuck. it's just so sad so um the crime scene had obviously been contaminated by patricia's sons yeah. and the friend who had discovered her so there really wasn't much by way of physical evidence that they could collect unfortunately Shit. um i mean in that situation it's unavoidable yeah um these, these kids were obviously just trying to survive yeah there were two main suspects initially one was a friend who had a solid alibi and the other was a former boyfriend who ended up taking his own life a few hours after he found out patricia was dead oh fuck so with no leads and no physical evidence yeah. it's pretty easy to guess where the case went which was nowhere yeah like a lot of these cases it very quickly became cold so <clears throat> so if we fast forward to january 1997 okay it's a huge jump very big jump because victoria mayo was 1964 yeah. sandra Fuel confessed to that murder in 1967 but then was let go yeah and then patricia bovine in 1969 um 1997 a task force called the uh called project angel was put together with the aim of trying to clear some of london's backlog of these cold cases good because there were so many of them and and they were like okay maybe we need to um focus some of our attention on solving them especially with new dna technology that was kind of emerging yeah. at the time this became kind of the main focal point for the method that would be used to clear some of these cases yeah. so they were trying to kind of focus on cases where they might have had dna yeah that hadn't been obstructed or and, yeah. that hadn't been damaged or lost in any way or contaminated so they were thinking like sort of if we can focus on some of these cases that still have really solid dna samples we can maybe solve some of them and sort of like yeah. prove that this task force is worth it yeah um it is when there's like unsolved cases on the line it's always worth it like it's, it's always yeah. worth the time but it does mean that cases where dna evidence had hadn't been properly collected and stored or you know hadn't been lost or, or had been lost or anything like that um they kind of were put to the side yeah so it's you know pros and cons i get that yeah you have to prioritize but it just means that it's hard for cases yeah. like patricia bovine where there just wasn't any physical evidence that they could collect yeah so um project angel was disbanded only three years later in 2000 and only two cases were cleared using DNA during that time. Wow. Yes. So obviously they had a hard fucking time yeah. <laughs> doing this. One of the cases that was cleared was linking Gerald Thomas Archer to the murder of Jane Woolley, his okay. first victim, which when I talked about Gerald Thomas Archer, that was the first victim that had the cigarette butt that was kept and preserved. Yeah. And then later... In, tested it between somewhere in this three years between 1997 and 2000 they had confirmed that they that was him. his dna 
and they had exhumed his body i believe yeah that's when his wife and daughter came and they were like he confessed to killing they were like yeah yeah for sure and then they exhumed him and they couldn't prove that one but they could prove this one yeah so that was linked the second came after a request to exhume the body of sander fulip from a cemetery in toronto project angel was able to definitively confirm that Sander Fulop murdered Victoria Mayo in Ooh. 1964, just as he had confessed in 1967. So he fucking did do it. He did do it. And he went and confessed to it. And he was let go. Do you think he did Patricia's? Michael Arnfield definitely does. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Although there isn't any physical evidence to link this the case him is just to quite it. similar yeah michael arntfield basically says in the book he's like he strongly believes due to proximity and strikingly oh, yeah. similar mo's and similar victimologies that fulip also killed patricia bovine and it, probably others outside of london that we just don't know well about. exactly because he did travel and it's yeah it's too similar in and the like, same like city I said like about, london's not that big like no it's not and back then it definitely wasn't it it was definitely not it was still relatively big compared to other small towns i mean same with now london has a population of around four hundred thousand people it's like the 10th biggest city in canada yeah which sounds like a lot but we just don't have a lot of big cities no so but that is still but we're a lot bigger than somewhere like strathroy yeah or stratford or you know so it's big and back then it was you know half the population is now yeah so it still felt big compared to some of the smaller towns not compared to toronto oh yeah but it still seems small enough to me that well even like the locations themselves like they're really only like a couple kilometers apart oh yeah oh yeah one's at like the northern end of downtown and the other one's kind of more at the southern end of downtown or more like central downtown yeah it's they're not very far at all like i'd say probably at most like a six minute drive from one door to the next yeah they're walking distance yeah it would be a long walk but like you could walk to them oh yeah sure so so that that makes sense to me that especially everything i laid out as far as the patricia bovine murder compared to victoria mayo almost everything is the same yeah it's too similar so I think that's a reasonable assumption, especially because he wasn't ever technically caught for anything. He didn't spend a lot of time in any sort of custody. He spent a few months at Oak Ridge. And then he was out. And he couldn't account for most of his whereabouts and no one kept any tabs on him. So Hmm. he was just wandering about, probably committing murders like this. I'm sure that there are other cold cases in southwestern Ontario that you could find a very similar MO to this and probably link him to. Mm. Oh, we should do it. If there was DNA evidence, but unfortunately in Patricia Bovine's case, there, there wasn't. Yeah. There just is no way to know for certain because the opportunity for DNA testing just isn't there. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but yes, there are other cases outside of London that could be linked if someone's willing to make that connection. Let's do it. You want to do it? Let's freaking do it. How do we get into a lab? How do we test DNA? Um, we'll Someone tell us. We'll figure it out. <laughs> We will figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his body's been exhumed. So, like, I would imagine that means that there is a DNA sample from him available that yeah. you could be, you could test against other things. We're going to And do I it. know they have databases and things like that. But We're going to re-exhume it for the second you know, time. As Michael Arntfield kind of talks about, like, sometimes the databases aren't properly maintained. No. It's true. It's true. You know, sometimes not everything's entered into the databases. It's sometimes, true. you know, so I, I definitely think there's other victims out there oh yeah that could be linked to him yeah well if he okay so it turns out yes he 100 percent did it and he at the time of confession said that there could be more he said i did it at least once 
Yeah. I don't know if you need any more proof than that. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> if it and if it turned out to be true, yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's definitely more. Yeah. yeah. Well, like the FBI research said too that offenders who commit this type of crime it's not usually will go on to commit at least three more Ugh, that son of a bitch so this is only two that we have a theory about so yeah at least one more yeah i that <laughs> still fucking gets me oh yeah i did it uh, at least once yeah at least that's what <laughs> i fucking that's that's like the serial killer's like dream is to like walk in confess to it all yeah. get a month and then get <laughs> let back out yeah, they're like, oh, I guess it wasn't that bad what I did. And he probably was like, yeah, I killed multiple people and I'm out. I'm good. I'm laughing. No one can touch me. Yeah. Yeah. They just think I'm crazy. They think I'm effectively crazy. Effectively <laughs> insane. <laughs> very effective. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. I know. Frick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Frick and frack. Yes. Hmm. Some of them, some of the future um, cases that I will cover in this sort of grouping or whatever won't be as um mirrored as the victoria uh, mayo because yeah, this is too this yeah. is very very similar this is um, yeah identical <laughs> but but there are lots of conclusions that can sort of be theorized about in in a lot of these unsolved cases yeah that, that this is kind of where we're we're going with it. there won't be a lot of resolution in a lot of them this one ha- even has at least yeah. a bit because they, they got to confirm one of them. Yeah. But there are a lot of cases out there that, and a lot of these London ones that I'm going to cover that they're not. we just don't know. And But by talking about them, it keeps them fresh in our heads. Yeah. And maybe it will help bring some conclusions. And here we go. Here's a perfect example. You can still, families can still get closure even after the offender has died. Yeah because bodies can be exhumed and things can yeah. be tested and all of that sometimes so, like people just want answers yeah. you know like oh gosh i don't blame them yeah like i feel like that's how i would be if i had lost someone mm-hmm. in a scenario like that like i would just want to know for my own peace of mind mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah yeah you would just want to know absolutely wow yeah well, that was very well done oh well thanks you're welcome i do my best London sucks, guys. London's terrifying, <laughs> London's apparently. London's the worst. I mean, apparent. I don't know if we have as many serial killers as we used to, but I'm sure there's probably at least one. Well, we're we're going to work on our infographic and get that going of like... Yeah, we want to like plot out some of these yeah. things. I also... Oh, I came up... You know, I'll tell you this after, actually. This is... I'll tell you that after. What? You can't do that to them. I'll tell them later. Oh, I want to tell... Okay. I want to tell you first. I gotcha. Okay. You'll find out eventually, guys. Eventually. It's not... We're hyping it up now. It's nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be like, that was nothing. What was all that hype for? (laughs) There's no hype. Cancel this conversation. (laughs) Oh, man. We'll just keep it a secret. It's going to be a secret forever. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was good. Well, it was awful. It's terrible. But it was good. But I don't like what was going on with the kids. I don't like that. I know. That's so sad. That's so sad. Fuck. I hope they're okay if they, for whatever reason, are around currently and hear this. Yeah, we... We support you. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. I don't oh, even know what else to say. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. I'm like to have a nice life. Have, and, yeah, um, I hope good yeah. things happen to you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because that's a horrible, horrible thing. That's a horrible way to start out. Yeah, yeah. Well, well on that note, <laughs> on that, that wonderfully note, light note, that very ha- wonderful note. 
Sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at how to not get killed. And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. And keep it sleazy. See ya. Okay, bye. Bye.